Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> Good morning, patrons. Good morning. Good morning. Ah, oh, what a beautiful morning. This is Lucas in the morning. I'm from the old school. I got a street knowledge. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? The show where the hot topics get doused with a bucket of cold water. Now, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Fasten your seatbelts and get ready for a radio ride. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here's... Mike Lucas. In my hands, I have a newspaper. That's what they're called, John, in case you're unaware of what they look like. And I have a headline which describes one half of my weekend, okay? It says, Perfect Plan. Um, And it's above a picture of Aaron Rodgers being hugged by a couple of his teammates. Perfect Plan. So that was Sunday for me. A perfect Sunday. Saturday, not so good, not so perfect. That was imperfect, all right? So it breaks down that way. Imperfect Saturday, perfect Sunday. Uh, your thoughts? Uh, I wish Any questions? It, uh, I mean, I guess if you had it your way, the Badgers could have had a perfect Saturday and you would have taken an imperfect Sunday, right? No, I wanted perfect, perfect. Well, I know you want perfect, perfect, but if you had to choose one way it had to go this the weekend. The thing about it is the Badgers didn't have to be perfect on oh, Saturday to win true. the game. No, they didn't. But, I mean, it came down to one thing. Look, it came down to one freaking thing. Mike Heller on the sidelines. I mean, that was the whole difference <laughs> in the game. As a result, I mean, everybody knew it, too. After the game, uh, they wouldn't let Mike back on the team plane. So they sent him. Back to Madison on the equipment truck. This is, was, yeah, this is what This happened. is true. This is true. Yes. Yeah, it's not unlike Dabo Sweeney at Clemson, after one of his players uh, threw a punch and was ejected from the game at Louisville. Dabo put that player with the equipment team yep. on the equipment bus, truck, rather, and it was like 450 mile drive back to South or, you know, mm-hmm. Carolina. Yeah. And that's what they did with Mike Keller on Saturday. So Mike, and Mike pe- you're down on the sidelines, bad karma everywhere. You're not coming home on the plane. Get on that equipment truck. And that's it, how Mike rode back on the equipment truck. If you follow Mike on, on Twitter, he said he's going to talk about it today, about just kind of his journey back home oh, yeah. and what that was like in the back of a truck with well, like he, all you know, the pads. He was, and he was stashed stuff. with all the blocking dummies in the back. So you'd, <laughs> Mike was on the left in the picture that he was just right in the equipment. Yeah, that's where Mike wrote home. I'm still trying to stay positive on this because I know there's, I believe there's still a path to the college football playoff. And as long as there's a path, I'm still going to believe that that path is possible. See, I don't look at it that way. No? No. How do you look I at a loss like number that? Number one, well. Well, I mean, overall in the grand scheme of the season, I guess. I look at it now as uh, Wisconsin is going to need some help to win the West. Minnesota's in the driver's seat. Gophers are in the driver's seat. So the Badgers are going to need some help uh, 
potentially my best case scenario right now is for Minnesota and Wisconsin to play in that final regular season game for the Western Division title. Winner takes all. That's how I look at it now. Because the Gophers had a bye this past week. They had Rutgers. They're going to get a bye this week. They've got Maryland before their schedule toughens up. So the final four games, we talked about it last week for the Gophers, November, uh, Penn State at home, then on the road at Iowa, and on the road at Northwestern, and then Wisconsin. So you kind of look at it as, okay, it's just coming. I'm I'm focused on getting to the Big Ten championship game at this point. Like, that's what that's yeah. That's my that, focus. That's your focus yeah, right absolutely. now. Uh, yeah, totally. Which should always be the focus uh, of the team. And then if you get to the Big Ten championship game, you can dream bigger mm-hmm. because it means you have achieved something to get to Indianapolis. You have an opportunity to be the Big Ten champion, which doesn't guarantee a squat, no. right? Because we've seen that. It doesn't guarantee a squat being the Big Ten champion. But that has to be an expectation, especially coming off a loss to a 31-point underdog. All right, Especially coming to a loss to a team that had lost 24 straight games to ranked opponents. Now you have to, you have to be realistic about it. And that was a... You know, we want to talk about team wins. That was a team loss, all right? Every facet you can point to. Special teams missed field goal. Defense gave up big yardage in the fourth quarter when they needed a stop. Couldn't stop them. Offense, inability to punch in scores in the red zone. Got to score points. Just think of squandered chances. Even how it ends with, you know, Cone throws into double coverage. There's another guy there. It might have been triple coverage. Well, it wasn't double. No, no. No, no, it it wasn't. wasn't. It was just an athletic play. Adams made a heck of a play. He was the guy who intercepted the pass. Uh, His man is Groshek. What he did was he came off Groshek uh, and made a very acrobatic athletic play. Um, If if the ball has a little bit more air under it, it's in the hands of Jake Ferguson. The one criticism I I ain't buying is that a lot of people, national pundits more so than anybody else, were criticizing Paul Chris for throwing there on a third down play late in the ball game. Uh, they had just thrown on that previous series on third and three, okay, and completed the pass to Ferguson. Had he not thrown on third and five, people would say, well, he's too stubborn to throw that. They can't just run the ball all the time. They had done nothing running the ball most of the day. They averaged less than four yards per carry. Had no problem with him throwing it. Needed a better throw. Didn't make the throw. In this case, the DB did make a heck of a play. It was an athletic play. I guess what I'm trying to say is just the way everything unfolded, it, it, you gave them a little better field position that would have, could have been if you had just punted the ball away, right? You know, like they make an athletic play. They're a little bit closer. Plus, then you have this the the, the twirling running back. I forget the, the name of the running back and the, the, the Brown. run. Thank you, who just t- spins around a couple of times. It was and a gets, heck of a run. Even, it was a great that, to run. To me, that encapsulated the day. Yeah. That encapsulated the day because he refused to go down and broke several tackles on the play. And it told me there, well, it probably just validated what I was thinking all along, North, that, that, that Illinois wanted it a little bit more. That's, that's, uh, that's, that, that to me, that one play was symbolic of that, that Illinois wanted it more than Wisconsin. How about, how about this? I saw that um, Wisconsin snaps the ball in the fourth quarter with this time left on the play clock on five snaps, 11 seconds, 11 seconds, eight seconds, seven seconds, well, that's seven not seconds. Good. That's not good management. Right. Well, they had they had a nine-point lead with 946 remaining. Nine-point lead. I mean, vintage Wisconsin teams would just 
find a way to eat the clock, right? And you just limit the possessions, opportunities for for Illinois to get back in the ball game. But when they, I, I thought there were several points in in the second half where they had wrestled control of the game after the turnover in the third quarter, and they took that twenty to seven lead. I thought, okay, now this would be more methodical. Um, it was not. Uh, even when it was twenty three fourteen, and they had to settle for a field goal, uh, which is, is one of the areas I just pointed to. You, you've got to score touchdowns. Uh, and I'll use the word curious to describe the play call. I'd give the ball to the fullback twice in a row. I have no problem the first time you give it to Chanel. No problem. But to give it to Chanel again without having Jonathan Taylor get another touch on a first and goal, that make a whole lot of sense to me. They, you know, they do all the film study. They probably saw some there I didn't see. But I, I just don't understand how you can keep the ball out of Jonathan Taylor's hands on two out of three carries. I find it crazy the amount of... On the goal line. I know. I get it. I, and there was I, no... And the offensive line got its butt kicked. Yeah. You know, that, that that was a big... That was the biggest surprise to me. The O-line got beat all day. There was penetration. Uh, this was an Illinois defense. Rush defense had given up nearly 1,000 yards in three previous Big Ten games. Nearly 1,000 yards. Well over 300 yards. Average. And Wisconsin had 150. I don't get it. Um, I do have some some pertinent information for for all of those people who are now on a cliff or on a ledge. Yeah, or there are a lot of them, a lot of them, Lukey, right now. But I, I I can give you an example of going from the lowest of lows to the highest of highs. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. You want me to do that? Yeah. I'll tell you, here's another thing. Besides Heller, that's not fair to blame Mike for everything. Just like 95% of it. Not all of it. He was 95% of the bad karma. Um, Badgers made a big mistake in their travel plans. I mean, I I got to the airport and was expecting a plane. They got on the Sooner Schooner. The Sooner Schooner? Yeah, I took that to Champagne. You know what happened to that? Have you seen the video, John? (laughs) No. Take a look at the video during this break, and we'll talk more about how the Badgers can bounce back from... That ugly defeat. That's coming up next on Lucas in the Morning. All my instincts, they return. McCourt for the win. In the air. It is up. I trust the guys on this team to, to bounce back after a loss like this. That's an easy thing to change, and I really feel like heading into the game that we needed to work on, it's not like we weren't prepared, or uh, it's not like we didn't know what they were going to run. They ran all the stuff that we were expected from a defensive perspective. Yeah, it was just emotional preparation. We, we all we have, you know, we're all we're, that we're going to need. 
Um, we're probably going to have some naysayers, whatever the case is. We'll ignore that. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, it just shows us who's really with us or not. And at the same time, you know, we're a family. You know, we're not going to belittle each other. We're going to uplift each other, learn from this, and keep growing. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning with John Adias. You heard the game-winning call from the Illinois broadcasters, Brian Byron and Martin O'Donnell, former Illini. And then you heard the, the post-game comments of Zach Bond and Chris Orr. Uh, during the post-game celebration, stands emptied. All 500 people that were in attendance at the game, at least 400 of them were on the field afterwards, maybe 350 of them. Uh, I'll give credit to Illinois. They piped in the, on this loudspeaker, jump around, as the fans were on the field, jumping around. Hey, uh, yeah. I, 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 great move on their part. You think so? Yes, what of course it is. Rubbing it in? Yes, a little, class, little Classless? It wasn't classless. Oh, come on. They were having fun at the expense of a team that should have won the game. That's Wisconsin. Hey, let's let's be honest. That was I thought it was pretty smart on their part. I mean, they're a long-suffering program. Why not? I guess you might as well strike while the iron's hot. Sure. Might as well take advantage of that. Never may not yeah, ever happen again. The 400 people that were at the 500 <laughs> people at the game and the 400 of them were on the field afterwards. Yeah, waiting for that crowd to gather on the field and they show that shot on television. You're like, "Well, they're they've got a they've got a pile of people there. They're getting there. They're probably not going to get the entire field covered." That was the second largest upset in almost 40 years in Big 10 football. Indeed. 31 point favorite. Wisconsin. Do you know the biggest? Uh, but the last was it involving Minnesota? It was Minnesota's favored by 32 points, lost to Northwestern. Okay, in 1982. Okay, uh, this is very frustrating for Badger fans, just because Wisconsin controlled the football for 40 minutes, 40, 49, 41 minutes, and yet scored touchdowns on only two trips inside the red zone. Five tries, two out of five is not good enough. Just won't get it done. So and then two turnovers. Something they hadn't done all season long. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, Jack Cohn, penalties. Uh, something they hadn't done all season long. I mean, that's, that, that to me was the tipping point. I saw those penalties and go, oh, this game reminded me a little bit of BYU last year. Mm, yeah. And, uh, big plays. The Pony had some big plays. Um, penalties. Uh, missed field goal factored into the game against BYU. Missed field goal factored into the game. Saturday at Illinois. You got your hand up. What you want? Can you explain the timeouts used at the end of the game by Paul Kirst? I guess I was kind of expecting, and listen, I understand Illinois was going to try to wind it down, but were they going to be satisfied with where they were at field position? Would they have run some more plays, taken their own timeouts, maybe had an opportunity of a, of a weird play that you fumble the football trying to get better yardage? Yeah, just trying to preserve. You know, you and then him. that way you can also ice the kicker since you have a timeout left to use. I, never, I don't know that that ever works. Icing the kicker. It works sometimes. He was he was looking at the clock from a different perspective, of trying to save time, maybe hoping to get the ball back. But, yeah, but uh, even then, there was no way they could have. Right? No, 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 not not as it turned out. Yeah. Not as it turned out. Uh, did you see the video of the Sooner Schooner? I did. That's scary. No, no, no it's that's equivalent of the Badger bandwagon because <laughs> everyone got tossed. Yeah, they're all off. Just like Chris Orr said, there they're gone. Everybody who had jumped on that bandwagon after the Michigan State game gone. History. When are they uh, going to get rid of uh, the wagon with a bunch of horses running wildly? You know, tr- you know, pulling it. Yeah, when are they going to get rid of that? That's that, was, that was scary, well, man. We shouldn't make fun of it because they're, no. they're very lucky no one got seriously injured. If you haven't seen it, that's your video alert for today. Take a look at this Sooner Schooner. There's uh, a woman on it, and she just gets really as they take the thrown tight off, thro- just thrust right to the turf. Like, thrown whoa. off. Uh, so, did Michigan State did that give Wisconsin a false sense of security? 
uh, beating the Spartans because they felt like going into the season I was going to be one of the games that would really be a tester. And then you just completely dismantled uh, Michigan State. I don't know. Did they look ahead to Ohio State? Couldn't help but probably look ahead. Friday night, Buckeyes were on television demolishing Northwestern. And I talked to Mike in the pregame and said, yeah, they've done every, this program has won all the games it needed to win against teams that they were expected to beat. That they that they're wired that way. However, you're dealing with 18, 19, 20, 21 and 22-year-olds. They're exposed to so much more than what the coaching staff allows them to hear and how they can get conditioned by the coaches. They know what was going on. So maybe did that factor into their mindset? Don't know. Uh the more physical team on Saturday from my Standpoint was Illinois. That I didn't. They were physical. They were physical on the line of scrimmage. And that a lot of penetration with their defense. A, a defense, a much maligned defense. I saw I saw some fans on online wondering as well just how good maybe are the Badgers. Like oh, if you know. take if you take a step back and just say, listen, who have they beaten? I think they're pretty good, but yeah, you're right. I mean, they hadn't the, the, Brandon Peters didn't complete a lot of passes on Saturday. All right. <clears throat> But he was a one-time starter at Michigan when they were a little bit down in their rotation at that position. He was 9-21 for 174, and that was the big number, 174. He made some tough, clutch throws, and they have not seen a quarterback up until Peters to make any tough, clutch throws. We thought we'd get that with Lewerke, but he was completely out of sync. A totally different animal this week with Justin Fields, right? And just totally the whole Ohio State team. That's NFL, that's NFL speed. We're looking at Saturday in Columbus, uh, but we'll get to that a little bit later. So you want some examples of how, how does this game compare based on all the games, all the history I have with this program? Yeah. Uh, so it, it's first, there's been some really uh, hard non-conference losses to, to, to take, like in 1999, uh, losing at Cincinnati. Badgers were a 26-point favorite, 26-point favorite at Cincinnati, but that the officials had a lot to do with that game. They kind of stole it. Um, that's the way I view that game. Plus, it was non-conference. And then he came back and lost to Michigan. And then the Badgers went on a run that year to get to the Rose Bowl. Okay. There was a loss to UNLV. Badgers were a 20-point favorite in 2003. Mm. That was a home game. Uh, just a dreary day. Lost 23-5. to But again, a non-conference game. Non-conference, yeah. It was a loss to Fresno State when Fresno State was ranked. In Madison, uh, but that was a ranked Fresno State team. Uh, closest example I can give you, John, to like the lowest of lows was uh, in 2001. The Badgers got trounced at home by Indiana, trailed 32 to nothing at halftime, and lost 63 to 32. That's a weird one. 32 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. All right. Uh, Indiana had 631 total yards, 449 on the ground. That was Randall L. and LeBron Williams. Randall L. Antoine Randall L. The following week, the following week. So that was the lowest of lows. The following week, the Badgers went to Columbus, Ohio, and played Ohio State. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, that was in a classic great Ohio State team, ranked number 21 in the country. Badgers fell behind 17 to nothing in the second quarter and rallied for the win. From the lowest of lows to the highest of highs. That week leading up to that Ohio State game, after just the embarrassment of losing to Indiana, Barry Alvarez was talking about such things as more than anything else you call on your character. You talk about pride. You talk about your program. You talk about everybody, what everybody has given to this program to build it and then all the principles that you need to sustain it. That week, Barry Alvarez brought in Joe Panos, who's the, one of the captains on the 93 Rose Bowl team. And here, here was Panos's message to the team. I have it in front of me because I wrote this damn story, okay? Okay. So, Joe, what did you tell the team? Joe Panos, what did you tell the team? And he said, quoting, I told him, listen, you may feel like you're a man without a country right now, but you're not. There are people who still believe in you. I told him it's just one game. You stubbed your toe really bad, and it was really ugly. But the same thing happened to me when I was a senior. We lost to Minnesota. But we didn't fold up our tent. We came back and beat Michigan at home, and we didn't lose again. So I told him, look, guys. What you have to do is forget about everything on the outside and believe in your teammates, believe in your coaches, and believe in yourself. End of quote, Joe Panos. And the Badgers went to Columbus and won 20-17 to over Ohio State. So that's my best example of the lowest of lows, followed in this case by the highest of highs. We'll talk a lot more about Badger football with Andy Baggett at 7.15 and the voice of the Badgers, Matt LePay. At 7.45. When we come back, though, we'll talk about perfection. Aaron Rodgers was perfect. And then some. Jim Osarski joins us from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel next on Lucas in the Morning. They're allowing him to get up on first and goal with nobody in the back the handoff to Jones. Dance around at the 13. Throws it at the goal line. It is caught. Jimmy Graham with the touchdown. There's number 350. He's 5'9 blitz and things. Takes the handoff to Jones. Now he's going to run with it. He's going to walk it in. Aaron Rodgers with the touchdown. We've been at our best over the years as being aggressive and, and then knowing when to dial it back. And we had even some more shots called today that we, you know, called off or dialed back based on the look. But uh, he kept dialing them up. I thought the plan was really good. You know, I think I think we had a really good third down and red zone plan. You know, we've been struggling a little bit on well, a lot on third down, and we were a lot better today on third down, obviously. And then the red zone plan I thought was uh, was really solid, and, and we executed. Aaron Rodgers. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning with John Adias. Joining us now from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Jim Osarski. Jim is brought to you by Metro Ford and Metro Kia of East Madison. Good morning, Jim. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. Uh, Packer fans are good, happy, delighted okay. about this relationship, ongoing relationship between Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. Had some rocky spots, allegedly, early on, but uh, hard to argue with the results, especially yesterday. Have you ever seen Rodgers that good? Uh, I, I mean, it's been a little while, you know, I mean, I think, um, probably the end of 2016, you know, the, the run the table in terms of just front to back and, and, you know, the, the overall numbers and how well, you know, he distributed the ball. I think that's, 
that's the key thing here. I mean, we've been talking about it the last few weeks in terms of this game plan, so to speak, which is spreading the ball around. And, and I think this weekend was uh, eight different receivers. Mercedes Lewis, the only one this week to not catch a pass. Um, and Darius Shepard, I believe. So, it, it, you know, without Devontae Adams, it feels like they this was the week it all kind of clicked in that way. So when you look at the stats, the yardage between the two teams basically even separated by three yards. First down, separated by one. The Packers had one more time of possession. The uh, Packers had less than a minute more time of possession. And and I guess watching the game, you start, at least I did, I, I thought, man, Oakland's moving the ball really well. But like Matt LaFleur said post-game when he gave his game ball to Aaron Rodgers, that the defense came up with timely stops and they didn't allow Oakland in the end zone. Of course, Oakland uh, fumbled away a chance as well, too, with that Derek Carr fumble. I mean, what did you see out of the defense? Even though the numbers were were right there with the Packers who scored 42, Oakland only put up 24. Yeah, and it's, it's a little more of the same from last week, guys. I mean, Detroit, um, same kind of deal in terms of the not, – not that they put up those yards, but that they were held to five field goals, right? You know, Oakland, six trips to the red zone, you know, three touchdowns. So um, th- that's what this defense is, I think. I mean, after seven games, um, you know, and after that, you know, three points showing against the Bears, it's it's. I think it's safe to say that right now this is not a dominant defense, but it's a winning one. You know, they they get an, a couple of turnovers. You know, there were no sacks yesterday, but there was enough pressure, I guess, um, to kind of affect Derek Carr a little bit. You know, but uh, they do. They come up with a turnover or two. Um, that's timely. You know, they didn't on Monday night, but they did sack Matt Stafford in the timely fashion, right? So they, they just kind of have that knack. Because you're right, look, if, if Derek Carr doesn't make just another bonehead decision um, with trying to reach the ball out with his left hand and, and fumble through the end zone, I mean, uh, look, let's not assume a touchdown there, but there's a big difference between, you know, 14-13 going into the half as opposed to 20-10 and then 28-10. I mean, that, that, that fumble by Derek Carr was just, you know, I, I don't know. It was inexcusable. Jim, it was inexcusable. <laughs> yeah. He had done the same thing in the past. It wasn't like he was a first-timer. If you had done it right. once and you realized it was dumb and stupid and you were an idiot, why would you do it again? I don't know. And, and I guess to his credit, he, he said as much. Post-game. Oh, yeah, he was honest. Um, you know, but it reminded me of the Kirk Cousins interception back in week two, guys, right? Like the where, where you're just you're watching him put that ball up that Kevin King intercepts. So, look, and maybe some fans from other teams might say the Packers have gotten some replay breaks or some official breaks. But look, that that's all part of it. You know, that's all part of, of winning games. And being yeah. So, yeah. and, and to Packers credit, they've taken advantage of it. Now, that's a dopey rule as far as I'm concerned. Yes, thank it's you. Dopey. I was going to bring that I've, up. I've always looked at that as being a dopey rule, but it's in the books and you've got to abide by it. And he had been guilty of doing it once before. Why would you even attempt to do it again uh, is beyond me. And he paid for it. He paid for it in a huge way. Now, I want to ask you before we get out of here, Jim, uh, your byline's on a story about the receivers. The theme is the injured receivers and how they kind of rallied uh, expand upon that for us. Yeah. So Jerome Allison said he cleared concussion protocol Saturday, but you know, he also had the chest and really he was told uh, Sunday morning by the medical staff, he could play Marquez Valdez Scantling. Um, you know, I saw him 
you know, in the locker room with electrical stim still going on on his knee on Friday, and, and he he felt he wasn't really cleared and ready to play until Sunday morning. And you know, look, a, a lot of these guys go through stuff. You know, we, Packers fans have seen the injury report, but Kevin King said, you know, after the Dallas game, Allison had gone up to him and thanked him for for gutting it out. And and that week was when Kevin King didn't practice. You know, and then on Saturday before they left for Dallas, he he told the coaches he could go. Um, and so there's, you know, Packers fans have seen this chemistry, um, you know, and and some of it's been kind of fun and and some you know dinners and game balls and speech, all that kind of stuff. But Kevin King, you know, got a little emotional post game and just said, "Look, this is what this is about, and and it's the the injury stuff that we're all fighting through together to play for one another." said Allison noticed it in Dallas he's like I had to go say the same thing to him and and you know Sunday and thank him for playing for us um so I don't know guys I thought that was interesting that's one of those intangible things right absolutely yep that that happens when they win good chemistry right now you can feel it there's just that vibe positive vibe all the way around thanks Jim talk again on Friday thank thank you guys Jim Osarski Milwaukee Journal Sentinel the only thing Saturday and Sunday had in common for me was one play, all right? Uh, on, on Saturday was the play made by a freshman cornerback for Illinois named Witherspoon, who on a pass third down conversion uh, coned a prior. Kendrick Pryor made a touchdown-saving tackle on Pryor, and the Badgers had first and goal on the three and then couldn't score a touchdown. It was a huge play because if Pryor gets into the end zone, it changes the whole dynamics of the game. Yesterday... The common denominator was Redmond's play. His tackle, I think it was on Waller, the tight end. Uh, that was a touchdown-saving tackle, yes. and that set up the sequence where Carr rolled the ball out of bounds by the pylon. Yeah, it's good Huge. Point. Those good are point. effort yep. plays. Yep. Those are hustle plays. Those are the types of plays coaches remind all of their players of all the time, and that is play through the whistle. Never stop. Never give up. We'll talk about uh, Badger football with Andy Baggett at 7.15 and Matt LePay, the voice of the Badgers, 7.45. Much more coming up on Lucas in the Morning. The 3-2 from Osuna. Swung on, a high fly to right. Back goes Springer on the stands. He leaps, and it's gone. It's a two-run game-tying home run. For D.J. LeMayhew, a fly ball to right just over the leap of Springer into the right field seats. What a dramatic two-run home run in the what could have been the final game of the series. David John makes long gone. He hits a two-run home run to tie the game at four. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning with John Adia. It sounded like John Sterling was surprised that the ball got out of the yard. D.J. LeMahieu with that ninth-inning home run, two-run shot. David John, I didn't realize those initials stood for David John. Did you? No, I was waiting for something something to rhyme with LeMahieu. I don't know Said that he, he could find that. Yeah. Uh, he, he was totally taken off guard by that home run. You could tell. Yeah. He was Back just he's the, ready uh, to pack his bag. home run. Season over. <laughs> yep. yep, 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 yep. All right, so Yankees tie it in dramatic fashion, and now they got the flamethrower, Araldis Chapman, uh, to pitch the bottom of the ninth inning. Uh, Chapman gave up a two-out walk to George Springer, and that brought to the plate Jose Altuve. 
Uh, always fun to watch, right? Altuve, which you would think would be overmatched against some of the heat, the high heat that Chapman could throw. Uh, was that the case or not? Listen. Here's a 2-1. And that's driven deep to left center field. Garner is going back. Looking up. See you later. See you later. Astros headed back to the World Series. Jose Altuve, a walk-off two-run homer. And the Astros beat the Yankees 6-4. to four, Win the ALCS four games to two. Chapman went with a slider, an 84-mile-an-hour slider. And Altuve deposited it for a home run. And then there was this weird little grin or smirk on Chapman's face. Did you notice that? Yeah, he just sat, stood stood there. Just stood what, there. what was that sort of uh, Chapman saying? Uh, this is amazing. How did that little guy just go yard on me? Or what, yeah, because if I'm a Yankee it. fan, yeah. I'm pissed, really? aren't you? That yeah, Kenny Kenny was grinning. No, I don't. Have a well, how would you? T- how did you read that? I took that smirk as are you? You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me that he comes. Yeah, in and maybe he just that. You're right. It. Like what's going on? Like this is how we're gonna lose. It wasn't that bad of a slider. He's thinking. Yeah, it's like and the little dude just crushed he's like it. Five foot six or whatever he is. Crushed it like what Aaron Judge would do. Like what's going on? Like I th- that's the way I took that little smirk. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. JJ um, Watt was modeling a Altuve uh, shirt on his way to the uh, stadium on Sunday because they're pretty close friends. And J.J.'s a big, big supporter of the Astros and vice versa. Uh, you made a good point during our break that that was a Christian Yelich moment or what you would hope would be one of the moments that Christian Yelich would have had he stayed healthy and had the Brewers extended their season. I just, I just, you know, I saw that. I'm like, that's a big time player in the postseason, yeah. making an awesome, having an awesome at bat. And then I thought, oh, Yelich could do that if the Brewers were in the postseason. Yelich, if, if Yelich was healthy. I would agree. I agree fully. Like, I could feel like that would be one of those moments where we'd look back, and be like, remember the Yelich home run that sent him to the whatever? Your biggest stars shine the brightest, or oh. at least you hope. That's your, your, your thinking, your wishful thinking on such things, right? Right. Can we hear the Yankees call? Yeah, let's. Oh, on, on the home run by Altuve? Yeah, the Altuve yeah, home I'm run. I'm curious, too. Uh, okay, here we go. We have not listened to John Sterling call the Jose Altuve home run. Here we go. It'll be a 2 1 to Altuve. Swung on and hit in the end of deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone to win the series. Jose Altuve hit a two-run home run. The Astros win 6-4, and they capture the series four games to two. That's a great call. That is a great call. You think so? Yes. For someone who just saw his team get knocked out. I, I've heard a lot of announcers just put no energy into it. He put energy. He was handled that professionally. I love that call. What, what, what's your problem with it? I, he, if you listen to it, it sounds like he's going to start saying how the Yankees win. No, but I mean, that's it. He handled it professionally. He said, hey, this is a big play. Even though it went against the team I'm broadcasting for, he didn't just gone. Oh, gone. I would have rather had you could a, have said, oh, damn it. A Paul Allen moment. How Paul Allen would have called oh, that home run. He starts whining and Altuve. crying. The pitch. No! Yes. Yes. No! Yeah, the whiny, crying, out loud Paul Allen. You would have preferred that? I would have preferred thought, that, yes. Yeah, I thought that was a consummate if, professional there. If I was listening to that call, and I was I was a huge Yankees fan, and I'm driving home, and I'm, I'm listening to Sterling, and I hear and I hear this, this. It'll be a 2-1 to Altuve. I'm like driving right now. I'm like... Swung on and hit in the end of deep left. What? It is high. It is far. It is gone to win the series. 
Hosea. I'm like, stop being so excited, John Sterling. You uh, just lost. One last note, baseball note, on a very somber note itself. Uh, Eric Cooper umpired in 10 division series, four league championship series, 2005 All-Star game. Um, he's done a World Series. He did the 2014 World Series between Kansas City Royals and San Francisco Giants. He's been behind the plate for three no-hitters. Uh, he's from Iowa, Iowa State grad, well-respected uh, among his umpire, umpiring fraternity brothers. Joined the big leagues in 1999. Worked the American League Division Series two weeks ago. Eric Cooper did. Um, had surgery earlier in the week was recuperating at his father's home in Iowa um, and died after having a blood clot. Uh, Eric Cooper, Major League umpire, was 52 years old. When we come back, Brian Posick will join us at the top of the hour right here on Lucas in the Morning. Okay, patrons, it's time to grab a little slice of cake and put on that party hat because it's birthdays, dead or alive. Here's Uncle Lukey. Thank you, Eddie Gaga, Booker T and the MGs, Steve Cropper, 78. Today, we just played some highlights from the Astros win over the Yankees, setting up Astros versus Nationals World Series starting Tuesday night. Looking forward to the pitching matchups in that series. I mean, talk about the great starters on both sides, one of whom is Zach Greinke, who's 36 years old wow. today. Greinke is 36 today. Um, I was so happy that the security at Yankee Stadium was willing to eject a fan who was hanging over the bullpen where Greinke was warming up the other day. Uh, yelling things at him. Granky, I think people are most people are aware, has dealt with social anxiety disorder and depression over the time he's pitched in the big leagues. And this kid, or punk, was yelling stuff like prescription meds, some things about his medication, some things about his family. And they ejected him from the from the game. Don't you think that's... I mean, Yeah, that, I would think so. I, that's I, something you don't see very often. No, not at all. And Granky, I think he said he didn't even really hear... No, taunts, I, he wouldn't. But still, even if he did hear it, he wasn't going to admit it. Right. True. That's probably true. Uh, he he hasn't had a good run. So- Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So far, um, but his record is what? 18 and 5? What, what's Granky's record? Not Something like that. that. Yeah. I mean, he's had a good season. And that, that's one thing, you know, the, the starting pitching is ridiculous. Verlander, 21-6. and six. Cole, 20-5. and five. Yeah, he's 18-5 uh, and five this year overall. Yeah. Strasburg, 18-6. and six. The guy with the, the most modest numbers is Scherzer, 11-7. and seven. Man, that's, I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to it. It's totally different. No bullpen games out of these two teams. Uh, Booker T to Chicago. Lee Loff. I can't pronounce his name. Loffnan. Sir. 73. Good 73, enough. I think. Uh, Joey Heisman, Joe, 
Joey Harrington is 41 years old today. That was the com- campaign. They ran a Joey Heisman campaign in Times Square, big billboards of Joey Harrington. When he was a member of the Oregon Ducks. He was 25-3 and three as a starter for Oregon, 26-50 and 50 as an NFL starter. But he, 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 played the, he played the piano. Remember that? Yeah, I do remember that a little yeah, bit. I remember, that's what I remember about Joey Harrington in the NFL. I also remember he was the piano. number three overall pick behind David Carr, who was one, and Julius Peppers, who was number two. Wow, one of those were pretty good. Yeah, number 24 was Ed Reed, a Hall of Famer. Somebody missed the boat on that, right? Could have had a Hall of Famer. Well, speaking of missing the boat, uh, Ricky Rubio is 29 years old today. Uh, Timberwolves drafted Rubio ahead of uh, Steph Curry. Think about that one, They're, oh, Timberwolves t- fans. I, uh, there's, there's like, there was a tweet That's a couple like years back. The worst of basically the entire team the Timberwolves could have had over the last several years if they had made the right yeah, picks. better decisions. That's all. Better it takes. decision. It was like an all-star team. Uh, let's skip the Go Go's and go to a belated birthday. How's that? Oh, okay. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, Snoop Dogg was 48 years old yesterday. Oh, Snoop Dogg is 48. You know what I've always thought about with the Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre and all these rappers of the 90s, Lukey. Is, you know how you see bands like the Rolling Stones or whatever, and they're all like still playing and they're in their 80s or yep. something like that? Are we going to see the day 30 years from now when there's like an 80-year-old Snoop Dogg rapping about everything not. he rapped about back when he was 20 years old? I don't, I don't want that. Do you? I don't like, kind the, of. I don't like the visual. I think uh, it's kind of funny. When we come back, big hockey weekend, Badger sweeping. Defending champs, Duluth. Brian Posick here to tell us all about it next on Lucas in the Morning. Good morning, patrons. Good morning. Good morning. Ah, what a beautiful morning. This is Lucas in the Morning. I'm from the old school. I got a lot of street knowledge. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? The show where the hot topics get doused with a bucket of cold water. Now, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Fasten your seatbelts and get ready for a radio ride. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here's Mike Lucas. We will talk a lot about the disappointment in Champaign. We'll talk about how the Badgers must now regroup before heading to Columbus for a date with the Buckeyes. We'll do so with Andy Baggett at 7.15, Matt LePay at 7.45. I will also hear from Aaron Rodgers at 7.30 about his perfection. Yes, perfect rating for a Rodge. We'll talk about the Packers and how they have all fallen into place now offensively. Yeah, wow, that was a heck of a performance. I was, that, I was sitting uh, in Lambeau Field yesterday oh. watching that game and I love that perspective too. You know, just being in the stands. We were in the. This uh, is Brian Posick, by the way. Yeah, hi. Yeah, uh, in the corner of the what was it? The uh, the north end zone, and uh, it was uh, just. I love watching how the plays develop from behind. Sounded, and, it it know, sounded loud. It was, was it loud, loud, and they kept getting louder. Yeah, no, I um uh yeah, I think the fans are uh, realize that this this is a. 
pretty decent team. And when you've got a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers and the way he played yesterday. Yeah, he, was, he made he all the throws sharp. that we've seen Aaron Rodgers he was, make he was at, pretty his, sharp. at his best. Yeah, I mean, the, Don't you the, agree? The, one, the first one to Aaron Jones oh. where he led him and Jones made the move to alter the adjustment right at the end to of come the play. back to his yeah. left. And it was just that was a fantastic play. We've just seen the confidence grow with the offense. Right. It was, the, yeah, by far the best uh, they've looked uh, in the first seven games of the season. And it was Rodgers' best game for sure. So, the irony yeah. is that it it was a route and it really didn't have to be, but Oakland self-destructed in some critical situations mm-hmm. inside the five-yard line. Right, right. Including Derek Carr's uh, knucklehead play. Right. And, yeah, hey, sometimes you need things like that to help you out. And why do you think Illinois beat Wisconsin? Because well, Wisconsin Mike made Heller. some s- Mike Heller serious sidelines. Yeah, that's yeah. probably Fixed what it was. It. Yeah, 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 he didn't, even, he didn't yeah. go back home on the yeah. plane. Did you they, hear this? Yeah. Did you hear that? He they no, they, they, they the voted. Plane. The player said, no, we don't want him on our plane. Yeah. And so he, he rode the equipment truck <laughs> back home. Yeah, he was in the back with, with like, the – the helmets and the jocks, and the sweaty and stuff. jocks and yeah, stuff. That's okay. where Mike grew. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's a tough lesson, but yeah, right. Maybe he learned something. Right, right. right. I don't know. Um, we learned something about the Badger <laughs> hockey team. Let's play one of those highlights from over the weekend against Minnesota Duluth, John. Badgers trying to get the sweep, trying to get it out of the zone right now for the short term. Holloway gets it. He's got a man ahead to Doogie. Nothing but open space in the net, and Sean Doogie puts this one to bed with the open net goal. The Badgers lead it three to one. Weekend. Rob Vogel with the call. Why would? Why did you play that? I don't know. I just pulled a post-it highlight. I thought. <laughs> it wasn't, no, it wasn't me. No. I was going to say your your call really got to yeah, you. Yeah, my call sounded a lot I like Vogel. Uh, no kidding. Yeah. Did you do the the first game? I then? did Fox Sports Wisconsin both did nights. You, oh, both nights. Yes, I did. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I guess we don't have post-it highlights. Yeah, never yeah. mind. That, that's okay. That's never okay. Mind. No, I mean it was. Um, you know, it's a. a Three two game. Wisconsin's got the lead. Yeah, thank you. On Friday night, and they score three and and win six to two, and took advantage of a couple of major penalties early to uh, two UMD uh, defensemen. And then you know uh, Saturday night, it's a two to one game in the third period of play, and Wisconsin caught a break. Nick Sweeney rung the post with about five minutes left. Otherwise, it's a tie game, and they. They found a different way to win. They hung on. They played pretty well defensively. And then Sean Doogie with the empty netter. And Ty Pelton Bice got credit for the game. What kind of crowds did they have? Well, on Friday they announced 10,000. I would say there's probably 8,500 to 9,000. And then Saturday they announced over 13,000. I'd say it's pretty close to that. So Did, it was, were they you could feel the engaged? energy. Oh, yeah, very much so. I, th- I think at the end on Saturday, you know, when Wisconsin's hanging on and Duluth is pushing and pushing and pushing, Lebedev, Daniel Lebedev made some big saves in the third period and then, you know, obviously the empty netter. But you could tell that they were very excited about what they were seeing. And what we saw on Friday night were the, were the freshmen. You know, Cole Caulfield had two goals and Owen Lindmark had two goals. But then on Saturday, it was three different players, including, I mentioned Pelton Bice. Right. Uh, the, the, the freshman didn't light the lamp on Saturday, but the vets uh, came through. So, so that was tell huge. me, this, why is Caulfield slumping? He didn't score on Saturday, <laughs> right. did he? What, what are they going to do with him? Two goals in his, <laughs> the Johnson, what, what's three wrong games, with and then yeah. what happens? Yeah, no kidding, right? Right? Isn't that hilarious? Expectations. It's no, fun to watch. You know, there were 24 NHL scouts I heard. on Friday, and as but many, who, if not no, more, on Saturday. But, but he's already been drafted. He's so, been drafted by the so Montreal So who are they looking at? Well, uh, Jack Gorniak's also Canadian's draft choice, so they're just okay. watching how they're progressing, all right? Right, all right. but they're also looking for well, other that's prospects. That's the thing about all these. I will tell you this: a lot scouts? of a lot of those scouts are there to watch eighteen-year-old Dylan Holloway, who's draft eligible next year, right? Okay. So we're and and even Mike Vorlicki, who was not drafted this year, a defenseman, a freshman defenseman from Edina, who Marco Siki thinks might be drafted next year, even though it's a year after his original draft eligibility date. So 
What's next for the Badgers? I didn't look at the schedule. Clarkson, another top 10 team coming to town this weekend. All right. So Friday you want to sustain the momentum? Yeah, Number for sure. three ranked now? Uh, well, that's according to John Buchigras. I haven't seen the uh, U.S. College online, online poll yet. So, okay. Yeah. But no, well, there, I'm glad you had a good weekend. should be a top-ten team. Yeah. No, no it, was, it was a lot of fun, and I would assume more and more fans are going to come out and get that place rocking again like it used to be. That's what it needs. Yes, sir. Yes, Win sir. some games on the home ice. Yep. Show that you have a really good product. Yep. People will come out. I agree. I agree. Thanks, Brian. Sure. Enjoy the we'll day. We'll play one of your calls tomorrow. Whatever. Doesn't John, I want to listen to more Vogie calls. <laughs> it's John. Go punch him one in the. Neck. I didn't know he wasn't on the radio calls. Hand to the face, Brian. Give him a hand to the face. Poor guy's sick, and you, you play Vogie. There is no post sick radio calls. I'd have to go to Fox Sports damn. Wisconsin. Come on, man. Stephen A. Damn. Got that? Damn. Yeah, that's there what is. I say to that. Uh, when do we come back? Can the Badgers bounce back? Against, like, maybe the best team in the country? Unless Andy Baggett next on Lucas in the Morning. The season is nowhere near over. I mean, there's still a lot of games left to play, a lot of more opportunity out there. So you got to let them know that this doesn't end the season right now. That, that was not the last game of the season. So we still have work to do throughout this next week because we have another game next week. We play our game, they just execute it better. I feel like just minor errors that we had, stuff happens. It's a football game, it's ups and downs, but uh, it doesn't. this definitely doesn't define our season whatsoever. Just a little slump or whatever people would call it, but uh, just an, another chip to add. Uh, there's been more disappointing days. We're, we're still living, we're still breathing. Like it's, The world's not over, but we just lost a football game. And it's just important to this team, and, and we work so hard, uh, obviously, not to lose and to a team like Illinois. And Yeah, it's, it, it hurts, but at the end of the day, we're all still alive, and we'll go to class on Monday. So there you have it from Jonathan Taylor, Reggie Pearson, and Zach Bond in order. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning with John Audius, joining us now from UWBadgers.com, Andy Baggett. Good morning, Andy. How are you? I'm good. Everything all right with you guys? Well, yeah, I suppose. I uh, think everything's all right with the Badgers now. How are they going to handle the disappointment from Saturday? Well, that's that's one of the mysteries of the week. I, I think looking back on Saturday, I think it was just one more uh, piece of, of evidence that no matter what your intentions are, good, bad, indifferent, uh, it, sometimes it's easier to talk about them than it is to carry them out. The Badgers knew that going to Illinois was, uh, they knew that Illinois had some good pieces in place. They knew that it was going to be a challenge with the atmosphere there, that they had to bring their own energy. They had to, they had to land the first three or four blows and, and continue hitting. And, uh, they did not follow through on, on maximizing those, that, that knowledge. They, they let, let allowed Illinois to, to stay close. Uh, they made some critical errors down the stretch and paid dearly for them. And, and uh, whether or not this team is, uh, I think, I think the questions right now are good questions for them because uh, you're going to a, a much more challenging environment. Uh, the stage is going to be huge. The opportunity is going to be huge. And it's a matter of this team picking, picking itself up and, and figuring out how to, how to get the best of Ohio State in a tough situation. Were some of their flaws, some of their warts exposed? Well, I, I, I don't know if they were exposed, but uh, you'd, have to make, you'd have to come away from this experience thinking that, right? They're, they're, uh, uh, they're, I, the, the defensive performance was, was somewhat surprising. The performance of the offensive line was somewhat surprising given 
uh, the key moments when you're when you're down inside the red zone, you have a a yard or two to get a touchdown or a yard or two to get a first down, and you don't get it. Uh, I think that those uh, those are surprising moments given the circumstances. Uh, I think the defense probably came away from that game uh, searching its soul more so than anything because uh, uh, it it had come in with a with all the press clippings that you would want to have and and be proud of and. Illinois made some really big plays, some really big gashing plays that uh, that they came back to haunt the Badgers, and, and fixing those issues are, is going to be a job one, I would think, this week. Part of the conversation uh, I see online after that one is that their college football playoff chances are pretty much done. How do you view that with a lot of the season still left? Not if you go beat Ohio State. You know, there's there's a lot of evidence having the playoff is, is a different animal. I get that. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there, there is so much to this season. One loss, we, we've seen one loss, uh, uh, fail to keep a team out of the playoff. If you go to Ohio state and beat Ohio state and set up a potential big 10 championship game appearance against Ohio state and beat them all and beat them again, uh, you, you could very much be in the playoff. Granted, that's a very, 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 very tall order, and there's a lot of things that have to happen between now and then for that to for that to come true. But there is a pathway out there, and as long as there's a pathway, uh, that's uh, the opportunities there. What was the most surprising element to that game? I think you kind defense. of the defense give you know after the Jonathan Taylor fumble. That's uh, that didn't make a whole lot of sense. Illinois got the ball on its own 25, and then had plays of 18, 22, 6, and 29 yards to score in a minute 19. Four plays, 75 yards. That was so uncharacteristic uncharacteristic, uncharacteristic of this defense, I can't even spit it out. Well, and again, I think a lot of it goes back to uh, uh, how do you respond when there's adversity? And and this team has has not had a tremendous amount of adversity in the first in the head in the first six games. And and you have to that's a learned uh, uh, project there that you have to figure out. You have to be confronted with that to try and figure to try and work your way through it. And it, and we do we go through this every year. Every team has a has a learning curve. And when it came down to it, in in crunch time. Against Illinois on the road, a team that you're, uh, you know, I, I'm not a big point spread person, but you're favored to beat r- relatively handily. If you're not taking care of business and you're not, uh, you're not locked in emotionally and and uh, in, in terms of what your thought pattern is, uh, you're going to pay a price if you don't if you don't take care of business. And they did not take care of business in the way that they they we've seen them do up to this point. And so now you have to learn the lessons that you that were made very apparent in this game and try and figure out a way to get to, 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 to apply them to a, a, a more tougher environment, a more tougher opponent and a more tougher, uh, uh, focus from nationally. So, uh, a big opportunity sits out there for this team at, at Ohio state. And it's a matter of them taking advantage of it. From what I've seen this year, I, I believe Ohio state's the best team in college football. And I'm not mean to diminish uh, Alabama or anybody else or Clemson or LSU, but I just, I think they're just loaded with with athletes and playmakers. Well, I would, I, I can't agree or that, disagree. Yeah, just you, I'm asking for you. I, I can, I can, I can agree with that to this point. But we've all, uh, it, all it takes is one 
moment of, of being exposed and, and all it takes is one moment that all it takes is one injury. All it takes is one, uh, exceptionally crazy moment for, for all that to change. And, and right now, everything has to be prefaced with right now, Ohio state might be the best team in the country. I would absolutely agree with that. Okay. The, the things that I've read and, and where we are, but it's, uh, uh, everybody's circumstances change from week to week. And, uh, and all it takes is a, a high ankle sprain like it has at, at Alabama to change the perception there. And, and uh, Ohio State's good, but Ohio State's not invincible. Yeah, Tua had surgery. I had not heard that before for a high ankle sprain, but he had so already undergone surgery. He will miss the next game against Arkansas, which is a bye in the schedule. Then they have a week off before facing LSU on their home turf. So it'll be interesting to see if he's back by then. I'm assuming he is. He Otherwise, we want to add the surgery. What do you think about that? Well, that's, uh, again, those are the circumstances that you don't foresee as the season starts. And if you have a, a marquee player that is, that's injured, it can change the dynamic of a hundred different things in your, in your team. And, and, uh, and we'll see what we'll see what happens with Alabama. We'll see what happens with Ohio State. We'll see what happens with the Wisconsin in the coming week. Andy, we'll talk again Wednesday. Thank you. All right, guys. Enjoy your days. Uh, John, do you want an uplifting nugget? Because uh, I know you're down in the dumps, like someone ran over your pet duck. Yeah, let's hear the uh, yeah uplifting moment. Because it's because your focus has always been on the Final Four. Uh, well, prior to that was about Ohio, Ohio State, State but Ohio now State, yeah. then the Final Four. Uh, the last time Illinois upset a ranked Big Ten opponent was 2007 against Ohio State to beat the Buckeyes. That Ohio State team went on to the BCS championship game. Oh, oh see? Hey, I wanted to do something <laughs> to put a bad. smile back on your face. You hear that, Badger fans? Do you hear that? It can still happen. Don't give up yet. Matt LePay, the voice okay. of the Badgers, joins us in about 15 minutes or so right here on Lucas in the Morning. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Pulling out with it. Car looking, looking. No options, and he dives for the pylon. Oh, did that go through the, into the end zone, Jim? I think so. It was just short of it, I believe. They're going to mark it about a half yard out. Everyone's patting me on the head on the sideline like, you're just trying to make a play. Trying to, and I, I understand because like the, the ending of it is a fumble. It's their ball. Like, it sucks, you know. But in that moment, I was telling you, it's so hard where you're like right there and it's, you're playing a tough team, you know, where you're going to need all the points you can get. It's like, man, it's so hard not to try, you know. That's everything I've ever been about in my life is to try. You know, maybe I, I got to go two hands, right? I, you know, trying to extend with one hand isn't smart. That was stupid. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, like, it's really hard in that situation. As you're running, like, I'm not thinking about anything else, but, oh, man, I can get in, right? But it sucks, man. You know, it's my fault. Uh, I let my let my team down on that. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning with John Adios. That was Derek Carr. The thing about it that I'm not buying completely about what he just said is that he'd done it before. All right, he said all the right things yesterday unless you realized he had done it before. The same type of play to the same pylon 
doing the same thing, one-handing the ball, watching it roll out of the end zone for a touchback. Don't you learn from that? Come on. Yes, you probably should. But at the same time, I think he still gives the right answer. You're asking someone in a split second not to try. You know, it's listen, I get that he's done it before. I but understand. But shouldn't you be conditioned to the outcome? If you do something like that with one hand and the ball leaves your hand and rolls out of the end zone, it's still, the outcome is not good. It's still hard because what are you supposed to say? Like, don't try? No, be smarter. Be smarter? Yes. It's not anything to do about trying. It's about being smart or dumb. Or in this case, he said it. Stupid. But what happens, You're either smart or you're stupid. What happens the next time he does that and he he's like, okay, I can't be dumb anymore. And then you realize, oh, I actually could have scored on that one. You know what I mean? Like, I, listen, smart versus stupid. I still, I don't know. Pick I still, one. I still think it's difficult in a bang bang situation to not try. All right. So what did Matt Lafleur have to it. say about this? I mean, this was a huge sequence on the goal line uh, late in the first. Go ahead. Let's hear Lafleur. You talk about a pivotal point in the game that was absolutely critical because we were able to go down and score with 12 seconds left and then get the opening kick and go down and score again. So the margin for error in this league is so small. And you talk about just key plays. That was that was a huge play in the football game because if they go up there 17-14, then who knows what happens on our two-minute drive. You're talking about a completely different game. All right. I mean, it was. It changed the... The course of that game. Not to say that Oakland would have been able to stop Aaron Rodgers and company because they proved that they couldn't. Uh, but the Packers' defense struggled to stop Derek Carr. He had a he had a great game with the exception of that one play, right? He was, what, 23 of 28 for 293. He had a number of consecutive passes, like double-digit consecutive completions in a row. He, he He played better than I thought he could play. And by the way, they're running back Jacobs, Josh Jacobs. He's a real deal. Isn't he? He's a good player. Well, I mean, when we were talking with Jim Osarski an hour ago, you just look at the numbers. It was basically even everything, the two teams. Yards, time of possession, first downs, all basically So mistakes even. like the one car yes. made are magnified. And we, we note that Rodgers had his best game of the season and his quarterback rating was perfect. Well... Derek Carr had a 119.2 rating. That's that's pretty dang Ain't good. shabby. That's pretty dang good. And you mentioned Jacobs, the running back, too. And he had he had to leave, but he came back. And How about that with... goal line spin when they he tried to dive? He was following the lead block of Alec in gold and just got spun around on the goal line. So oh, where yeah. normally yeah. in that situation, you, the back doesn't get spun and the ball breaks the plane. Yep. Instead, his feet broke the plane. He's so a... he got – he would. Just a heck of a defensive stand. Well, he's a split second away from extending and scoring. Instead, like you said, he gets he gets moved around and doesn't even get there. Even though it was a loss, so what a what a great homecoming for Alec and Goldham to grow up in the shadows of Lambeau sure. Field and then to wind up playing in the NFL game in Lambeau Field. He wore his Bayport High School jersey during warmups just because he's so proud of his upbringing, where he's come from and he wanted and he said the right things too about hey maybe i give some inspiration to somebody else who watched me out there at on lambeau field some young player in, in the green bay area who dreams of someday being in the nfl oh man it's it's so like cool. Gold's the best what if they had given him a carry and he scored do you think he would have tried to you know that was the projection as far as speculation we'll 
would he try the land? I right. hope he would have. I would. I do too. Green Bay Nate, of course. Yeah. Do it. That, that may be your only chance ever hey, to what, do it. Yeah, what, one, cool. uh, one more sound bite. Because uh, Aaron Rodgers was asked if the team was a contender, something to that point. It's A Rod 9. A Rod 9. It's labeled too early to tell if they're a contender yet. Really? Uh, they're a contender? The Packers are a contender? What did he say? I think it's a little early at this no. point. I think they were trending in the right direction. I happen no. to agree with what Mike used to say about getting to 10 wins and then start talking about it. So we're at six right now. We have a long way to go. You know, we're still not even halfway in our season. A lot of stuff can happen in this league. We know it week to week. It changes in a heartbeat. So we'll, no. get, we'll put this one to bed tomorrow and uh, get ready for Kansas City. What was he quoting Mike Keller for? I don't know. Who's that hack in the background coughing? You know, but he just, <laughs> why, why did he bring up Mike, Mike Keller? Oh, I don't know. Because Heller was on the team bus back yeah. from Champaign. He did get so. back. I understand he is back. Oh, did he, yeah, he, yeah. Was he in time to watch the Packer game? No, I don't know that. But I don't know why Aaron Rodgers would spoil a good day, a perfect day, by quoting Mike Heller. But I don't think they are. I mean, listen, uh, how did he phrase that uh, too early to tell? Are they a contender? Yes, kind of. Of course they're a contender. What do you mean kind of? You're a Viking boy. Well, it is really don't let early. your Viking colors get in the way of this. I mean, I, we see how easily things can flip in the matter of three or four weeks in the NFL. Cowboys, for example, three and L. They're cruising for a matchup against the the Packers early in the season. Did you watch the Cowboys yesterday? Yeah, they beat the Eagles. They beat the tarn feathers out of the <laughs> Eagles. Why do they watch it? Yeah, but my point is, they're four and three, right? Like if you had talked to somebody three weeks ago or or whatever, when the Cowboys were three and L, whatever the math oh, is. Let four me weeks say because this is where my you're point headed. is, things can change. I know where you're headed. And look at the schedule, Viking boy, what? because your quarterback had the statement. It, it, that when you have a running game, it helps a quarterback feel like, quoting, the wind is at his back. That was Kirk Cousins. Um, Vikings run the ball 52, 53% of the time. Dalvin Cook, 25 carries, 142. Uh, they have more runs of 10 or more yards than anybody else in the league. And there's Kirk Cousins taking the bene- you know the beneficiary of all of it. Um, over the last, what, three games? He's thrown for 976 yards, 10 touchdowns, and zero turnovers. There, do you feel better? I Thank got you that for out for putting you. that out there. But yeah, there's another Wait example. Wait he plays a good defense. There's a team and, that and he'll melt. There's a team that was two and two, another five and two. Things change. Remember, Stephon Diggs wanted out, and everybody's like, Zimmer's gone, and Cousins sucks, and now Cousins is on pace for like 30 touchdown passes this year. The only I'm going to give you a, a little credit. The only thing you could say is that there is such a logjam of good teams in the NFC. There is at least five to six really good teams, all capable of getting to the Super Bowl. At least, I think, five or six. Should we run through a couple of those teams? Say, are they better than, like if you had to, okay, so can, can I do this? So if, are they better than the Saints? The right Packers? now? Yeah. I think they're on the same line. Yeah. The Saints. I, are, I think the Saints. The Saints, are Saints when I, we, we're doing with Drew Brees or without Drew Brees. Now, I'm not trying to take anything away from Bridgewater because he's been very efficient. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater's been, he had 281 passing yards and two touchdowns against the Bears. Uh, so I, I think the Saints are really, really good. There is but a lot. I log- think the Packers are really good. No, too. Th- there is a log jam. And if you just said right now, Drew today, Brees coming back to practice this week. I saw that. If you just said today, yes, of course, there, I would think you'd consider who else, them a who contender. Who else is on your list? Uh, on my list. Oh, wait. I'm doing a list? No, I'm we're doing not doing a, a list. list. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Seattle. He's got a list. Oh. Up until yesterday, I would have put Seattle on that list. And the same line with the Packers. They're still on the list. They're not on the same line with the Packers. Packers are, are better right uh, now. The are Packers. They? Yes. I think that's still that's the difference between the game. Did you watch game. Seattle play yesterday? Uh, I didn't see them All play. Right. Where do you put San Francisco? San Francisco is another one They're of those teams. I don't know. Their defense is awesome. Now, here's here's what I'm talking about where things change in a few weeks. The Rams are 4-3. and three. In three weeks, are we talking about a Rams team that has seven wins and no, seven no. and three? Who else? You got anybody else on your um, list? I'm sure you can put the Vikings on that list. I ain't putting the Vikings on that list. They've already beaten the Vikings. Uh, that's about it. All right. But when you look at even who they have on the schedule, they've got, well, a Patrick Mahomes-less uh, Kansas City Chiefs Well, you team. benefit from it, too, because he won't be playing against the Vikings in the ne- following week. You hope so, right? No, he's not going to be ready to go then. Right, okay, they said good. at least three weeks. Well, yeah, I mean, did that put them put him on pace to start against the Vikings then? No, he's not going to be ready for the Vikings. For oh. I did the math. You'll, you're fine. Okay, well, that's good. Somebody uh, then, else will break your heart. Who, who's after? Do you have the, the the schedule? Who's after the Chiefs? I don't have their schedule on, in front of me. On. Why would I have the Chiefs schedule in front of me? Because then they, I know they also have the Panthers on there. And the Panthers are a winning team. The, the Chiefs go Packers, Vikings back to back. Chiefs, so, Chargers, Panthers. That's the next three for Green Bay. No, San I'm Francisco. talking about the. You wanted the Chiefs schedule. They've got Packers, Vikings. No, I was trying without to, Mahomes. Oh, okay. Yeah. What I was saying about the about the Packers is that they've got uh, a bunch of teams with winning records coming up on the schedule. Oh, so, so I think I, we'll get a better idea. So now you're calling him a fraud. No. John Adias <laughs> says the Packers are a fraud. No, I'm just saying we'll get a better idea. Aaron Rodgers perfect? Not in my book, says I, John Adias. I guess right now, yes, there are contenders. Kirk Cousins a better quarterback than John. John Adias says Kirk Cousins a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. Hey, Did you just say that? I just said that. Okay. Hope you just stand by your words. I, I'm all for somebody having an opinion. That's yours. Yeah, that's what you're, yeah, you're entitled to. Prove it. me wrong. Prove him wrong. Prove me wrong. Uh, when we come back, we'll be joined by the voice of the Badgers, Matt LePay. He's up next on Lucas in the Morning. You know, it's things. It always things when you lose, you know, especially when, you know, you, you've been rolling, always hurts. I don't know anybody at this level who is fine with losing, but it definitely hurts me you know, when you see that field goal go in and time expires. Uh, there's been more disappointing days. We're, we're still living, we're still breathing. Like it's, The world's not over, but we just lost a football game. It's just important to this team, and you know, we work so hard, uh, obviously, not to lose and to a team like Illinois. And Yeah, it's, it, it hurts, but at the end of the day, we're all still alive, and we'll go to class on Monday. The comments... Of Jonathan Taylor and Zach Bond. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning with John Adias. Matt LePay, our Badger Insiders, brought to you by Middleton Ford. If you don't see the Middleton Ford logo, you pay too much. MiddletonFord.net. Morning, Matt. How are you? Morning. How's it going? Good. By the sounds of what we just heard, those two sound bites and some of the other players who spoke after the game on Saturday, they've already begun regrouping, circling the wagons, and getting ready for one of the biggest challenges of all, and that's Ohio State on Saturday in Columbus. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a football rule, so to speak. You know, if you win a game, then you enjoy it, and then on Sunday you you review it, and then you move on to the next one. I mean, there's no doubt that that hurts these guys. You know, you feel badly for them. And Saturday night probably wasn't a whole lot of fun, and yesterday morning probably not a whole lot of fun. But then you do have to you have to move on. It's uh, you know, baseball, you have to do that every day, right? You got a game the next day, but in football, you don't have a game the next day, but your preparations for the next game begins the next day. And 
these guys have been good at that. Uh, it was surprising that what happened. Uh, it's, it reminded me of 1999 at Cincinnati. Uh, I was texting with Nelly, Scott Nelson, after the game. It reminded him of 1993 at Minnesota. I mean, you know, whatever the record point spread is and you lose anyway, whatever that is, they, they've had the history tells us that there have been games similar to this. And now the question is, how do you how do you bounce back? That's going to be the fun thing to watch with these guys this week. I was telling John, it reminded me of both those games plus 2001 when they gave up 32 points in the first quarter to Indiana and got crushed, giving up 63, and then bounced back the next week on the road at Ohio State. Uh, yeah, after falling behind early. And, 17 uh, to nothing, forget. yeah. Yeah, which that was a little habit that they had going, and that would rally and win win anyway. And uh, I'll never forget the end of that game, Kevin Cosgrove, the defensive coordinator at the time. I mean, that was, you can imagine how much fun that was for him that, that week. And well, certainly the, you know, the, just that previous game period and the aftermath of it. And uh, he was a pretty emotional guy, leaving uh, the field in, in Columbus uh, after Wisconsin rallied to, to win that game. So he just, you know, what happened was, you know, on the one hand, it's mind-boggling on Saturday. The other, um, you know, none of us is running for rookie of the year and being an observer of sports. I mean, this you don't like it. It's hard to explain. It does happen. And now you just want to see how these guys deal with it. Uh, I believe they'll play a lot better this week. If, if that, is it good enough to win? I don't know that. But I would fully expect these guys to, to play much, much better this Saturday. What was the turning point in that game that allowed Illinois to, to beat Wisconsin, in your opinion? Was there a moment or two that the Badgers either didn't capitalize on something or or maybe turned the ball over? What did, what did you see as the biggest turning point for Wisconsin? Yeah, yeah, John, I think more generally speaking, it was just not not capitalizing on it. it was We knew Illinois was good at forcing turnovers, and technically they had three, but the first was a fourth down sack of pressure on a quarterback it was the two in the fourth quarter it, it, that was the one thing that got Illinois back in the game against Michigan but the fact that the the offensive line just couldn't get any push in, in some short yardage situations you know they, they had a chance to put that game away uh had to settle for three points earlier in the game and then in the fourth quarter you get a first to goal at the three and you know we could haggle over who carried the ball but fullback done second and third and short have been pretty good for this program for quite a while. There was just no push. They, they, you know, we've talked a lot about the depth of the offensive line and it's been good. Uh, maybe it wasn't so good on Saturday. Illinois has a pretty decent front seven, I guess, even though they give up a lot of yards on the ground. But the fact that they just couldn't win the line of scrimmage when they had to, that was the thing that I, to me was the turning point rather than one play here, one play there just not being able to, to dominate when normally they have done that this year. Matt, I told John that it came down to one thing, and that was Mike Keller on the sidelines, and that after the, <laughs> after the game, the team voted that Mike would not ride the plane back home and rode the equipment truck back to Madison. Um, you were in agreement. Yeah, I had to tell him he was fired. I said, nice job, thanks for everything, yeah. you fired. And, uh, did he, is he back yet? Oh, yeah, he just walked he in the studio. In? Yeah, he just got here. He did? Okay. I thought maybe he stopped in Beloit for a while, get some breakfast, and then... I recommended trip, it, but so. uh, they wouldn't serve him there, so that's yeah, how it works. Say, they kicked him out of Beloit. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the ultimate insults. Thanks, Matt. We'll talk again Friday. All right, sounds good. Matt LePay, the voice of the Badgers, will come back and we'll hear about his journey home 
and that equipment truck. Mike Heller joins us next on Lucas in the Morning. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning. Lasko, John Adias. We're now joined by Mike. Hello, good morning. How you doing? How was your ride back in that equipment truck? Well, they didn't let me go in a cab. Of course so, not. Yeah. You were back with the smelly jocks. Excuse me. Thank you. Um, yeah, but there. I mean, there's some comfortable towels that were hey. only lightly used that I can hey. that I pillow it up with, and you adjusted, didn't you? I mean, you, what do you do? You did what you had to do. Were you alone in that truck, or did anybody else come with you? Uh, I believe Brian Mason. Yeah, Brian Mason. Uh, rode Brian Mason, in that truck. also from oh, Athletic Communications, was also in that track. He voiced the uh, the hype video last week. Yeah, lost his job just like Mike. Was yeah, that his first us, hype video, and then they lose? I think. Oh, and uh, it was my no. first sideline reporting, and and uh, well, and his last, no. his first and his last. Yeah, it happens, Mike. You're a gamer, though. I thought for the most part what I did was okay, uh, but obviously late in the game. What you needed to do was run stuff. on the field and tackle the field goal kicker. Go Boy. block the field goal. Yeah, that would have helped. I was standing right underneath that upright, too. Could it, 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 was, like it, it was, was right perfect. down the middle. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for just just wobble, because he had missed a fairly short one earlier in that same end zone. Yeah. So, um, so if we watch yeah. that video, you're in the background of this? Uh-huh. Yeah, underneath the right. And then upright. he was on the field right. with all the... Students and fans doing jump around afterwards. Weren't you out there I doing that? I was just trying to avoid uh, any hecklers, you know, that wanted to fight because I, I might have thrown down. Yeah, Luke. you might have. Uh, hey, thanks for listening to Lucas in the morning. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.